Welcome back to season two of Flop Stars. In case you're new here, Flop Stars is the podcast where we look at projects by our favorite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined once again by Nick Kelly to delve deep into misunderstood projects. Last month, Taylor Swift surprised everyone by releasing her eighth album, Folklore. It's broken a plethora of records, but today we're looking back at an album that many would consider to be her plateau, Reputation. As per usual, the record sold big in its first week, but reviews were lukewarm and many of the singles failed to stick around. On this episode, we're going to look into why public favour turned against Swift and how she was able to pull it back. Good morning from sunny Gosford, Nick. Well, I'm not in sunny Gosford, but you are. No. Is it sunny? I am. And it's sunny and it's like the first day above 20 degrees in about four months. Wow. So, so summer's back. Yeah. Summer's back, baby. It never went out of vogue, but it's back in back in business. How is beautiful New York City today? It's great. It's another beautiful hot day, and I feel like I'm suffocating in this room, but I'm, I've got all the doors closed for content purposes. Lovely. Well, it's going to be a fun episode. Um, obviously, our subject today wasn't really going to be in 2020's pop zeitgeist, was she, until a couple of weeks ago when yeah. Out of the Blue decided that she was going to not only be a part of 2020's music cycle, but um, break every record for 2020 so far and provide one of the most comforting uh, albums of the pandemic in folklore. Yeah, and I, what I find so um, interesting about this moment is it feels like public favour has returned for Taylor Swift and it's been a while but everybody's loving the album she's getting praise from all over the place um it feels like there's a really good feeling surrounding her for the first time I think since before Reputation which is the album that we are digging into today on Flop Stars it's really interesting looking at the comparison between what we feel about her now and even before Folklore came out, when she announced it kind of 24 hours before, the sentiment was so overwhelmingly positive. It was almost like we knew that she could deliver and we knew that whatever this album did end up sounding like, we got a kind of vibe that it would be sort of, you know, comfort food for the soul. But we, everyone kind of agreed that this was going to be a great album and and it luckily was, whereas before Reputation, the Taylor Swift energy and the the reputation of Taylor at the time was the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's been a really long path for her, for her to return to this point. I guess um, the, the main thing was it was oversaturation in a way. 1989 was so big that you couldn't escape her, that record had three number one singles and the other singles did really well as well so we got to this point where Taylor Swift was everywhere and then Reputation came out and it just felt like it was too much Taylor for that time interesting that we now get to a point where she's releasing an album just like what six or seven months after the last one or less than a year and it's not the same kind of oversaturation so I think it has to do with obviously the subject matter the fact that she's kind of made her sound more internal made it smaller um, and it doesn't feel like we're getting this Taylor Swift as a superstar we're getting Taylor Swift as a person for the first time I would say since maybe Red yeah it's it's gone from Taylor Swift the celebrity to Taylor Swift the musician again which is a place that makes sense for her and it fit it fit her to start with and she was this you know country pop starlet that played the guitar and wrote these really brilliant you know rootsy kind of songs and then obviously it, it went so overwhelmingly pop heavy and oversaturation is absolutely right i mean we talk about oversaturation on this podcast quite a lot because it does tend to foreshadow a lot of flop star albums but she was the most oversaturated of them all. And it was the point where she was doing this 
massive tour for 1989 and bringing out celebrity guests at every show, regardless of where she was in the world. It felt like that tour went for two or three years and we knew about it every show that she did. Um, those records were so enormous. The Kim and Kanye drama that went on and, and the feud that came out after that. It, it definitely felt like she was, regardless of where you looked, whether you were a music fan or, a, or a, someone that's tapped into celebrity and pop culture, Taylor was there. And she had a choice, I guess, after 1989 as to what she was going to do because I think everyone watched her journey to be pop star from being this, like, country teenager. And she did it very successfully, and 1989 was the pinnacle of that. So then what do you do? Do you keep going further, or do you do start going back in the other direction and going back to smaller-sounding things? Well, Taylor basically put the pedal to the metal and went full-on pop star embraced every single public perception of herself and in my opinion almost became a caricature of what the media um, and what people's worst opinions of her was and it was her trying to twist this message that she was a snake which is was essentially coined by the great Kim Kardashian West who leaked a phone call that allegedly showed Taylor Swift agreeing to a lyric that Kanye put in his song. Um, I'm not going to go into that situation because it's infuriating. No. It was infuriating, it infuriating at the time. It's still infuriating now. And it's infuriating to me that Taylor Swift bought into it so heavy that she made, she centred an entire album around it. And I would say that is Reputation's sole fault. It was just like, nobody wanted to hear that perspective nobody cared whoever likes yeah. taylor swift believed that she was a great she was a great pop star for her own reasons and when public perception changes on you like that i always think like kill them with kindness show them your talent and let that reign supreme and i think that this one just became this whole like basically a soap opera um and buried what is a record that actually has a lot of great songwriting on it and has a lot of great songs on it, um, but completely overshadowed by that snake aesthetic, in my opinion. You touched on a really interesting point there. Nobody cared about the Kim and Kanye thing. There yeah. was no public interest in that anymore. That was done. No one really cared what really happened at the time. Everyone was over that. And I think... It, but also within that phone, and again, we won't keep going on about this, but within that phone call that ended up being leaked, she worries herself about oversaturation exactly. from being referenced yeah. in a Kanye song. She was exceptionally self-aware at the time. Years before we actually felt she was being oversaturated, she, she acknowledged it herself. And so I think the great thing about Taylor, I think she's always had a remarkable amount of self-awareness and a remarkable amount of understanding of what her perception with the public is and how to how uh, and, and abilities to tap into pop culture and ability to tap into what was going on in the world at the time um, which is evident once again with folklore but was definitely evident at the time in a different way it was yeah it was it was this i know people think this of me so i'm going to go i'm going to lean into it so hard I fall over. And it worked really well for her previously because on 1989 Blank Space, which I think is the best um, single on the album, she bought into that public perception of like, I'm just this girl who churns through boyfriends and basically provides media fodder. Um, and so she took on that personality and just timesed it by a thousand and was like, you want it, I'm going to give it to you, which was like really yeah. clever and it came off being such a great song. I think the difference was here that she took on this, like, role that I just don't think was believable. This, like, she suddenly became the baddie, like, as if she was in some superhero movie and she was meant to be the villain, and I just didn't, like, buy it at all. Um, yeah. And I think that, I mean, we'll get to some of the points on the record where she kind of overturns that, but... Leading into this album, in my opinion, with Look What You Made Me Do, was a terrible mistake. I think it's okay. a shocking song. At the time, yeah. you know I love a bit of drama. So at the time, I absolutely bought into it. And I was like, fantastic. And that, like, um, mu the music video was this big budget thing that 
painted Taylor as this new dark villain and there were all the old Taylors being like buried which I think was a great kind of headline grabbing thing but the song Hell faded yeah. so quickly and I think Look What You Made Me Do still stands over this album as being like the big event of it but in terms of the songs I think it's absolutely the worst song on the album wow big that call is a, th- that is a big call I remember the first time I heard Look What, what You Made Me Do I was uh, with my friends Elle and Demi and we were pulling into the Auburn uh, Cherry Blossom Festival in Western Sydney. <laughs> Perfect City. setting for it. Perfect setting. And Kiss FM over here were about to play it for the first time. They'd done this big Taylor party of all these songs before it. Yeah. And we pulled up and we heard it. And I thought it was amazing. I thought it was brilliant. And yeah. I still think it stands up. No. And I, I think it's a great song. It's funny. It's self-aware. It's got harder production than you ever thought Taylor Swift would go to. You know, it's got that ridiculous drum pattern in the hook. Yeah. It's got the, the dramatic kind of pre-choruses. It's, there's something about it that I still love about Look What You Made Me Do beyond the video and beyond the pop, pop culture moment that it was. I think as a song, it's, 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 it's very interesting. But do you think it was smart for her to lead with a song that essentially brought back the Kanye narrative? I think if she was going to, in the context of the album and in the context of the themes of the album and, and what she did want to go for, yes, I think it was a smart move because I think it immediately lent into it rather than easing people into her wanting to talk about her reputation. It just went, cool, here's what we're going to do. Here's what this album's going to be all about. This is the the setup. Expect an album of me reflecting on how the world perceives me instead of shutting up yeah. about it. So I think it was a smart single choice. That's if you think the album concept was a smart choice. Yeah. There's parts of the album concept that I do think are a smart choice. Um, Mm. I think that she couldn't have gone through this album without addressing anything about what was happening to her. She was essentially having the kind of moment that Ellen is having right now where um, (laughs) you go from being the most popular person in the world to being the least popular. Maybe Ellen's is um, fairer than the backlash on Taylor was. (laughs) But she went into this album and she said there will be no explanation, only reputation. So she didn't do any interviews. Um, That is a ridiculous quote, I think. I think the um, promotion of the album was kind of modelled off Beyonce at the time who had managed to um, control her own narrative in the media by essentially never talking to them. And if she did, it was a very rehearsed um, statement and it was all through the music. The thing is, Beyonce and Taylor have extremely different careers um, and extremely different things that they address in their music. And I think Taylor had come to be known as... I mean, relatability was her number one, always. And and young girls and anybody who listened to Taylor's music would find that they could relate um, to this girl who was essentially living like a normal life in some ways if you can disregard the fame and obviously not all of us have millions of dollars and the ability to do whatever we want but at a base level going through um love and loss is kind of something that everybody can relate to very well so suddenly you take out this this relatability and it's not taylor swift as a relatable star it's now taylor swift as a superstar and there's less than one percent of the entire population that can relate to being that huge. So I don't want to kind of say everything um, about this album that I want to say like all at the start of the episode, yeah. which I feel like is what I'm going into. We'll hold some. I think we should address why we're calling this album a flop because um, it's <laughs> it, it doesn't have the most flop statistics about it. Uh, it sold over a million copies in its first week in the US. Look What You Made Me Do debuted at number one. I'm ready for it. The next drop from the album debuted at number four. Um, So in terms of that, it was, it it did well for Taylor. The initial reaction to it was good. However, 1989 had three number one singles in the US. It had another two or three top 10 singles, I think. 
Um, obviously, the album stuck around forever. In my opinion, it's one of the most important pop records of the millennium. This one, Look What You Made Me Do, slid down the charts everywhere extremely quickly. Uh, she failed to really get another single off the album that was memorable. I think Delicate ended up doing quite well at radio yep. and hung around for a while, but it never really penetrated the top 10 anywhere. Yep. Um, it wasn't nominated for Grammy's Album of the Year, which is usually not something you should judge your albums on, but <laughs> Taylor Swift has won two of them. Yes, exactly. Um, so to not get nominated is quite a, quite a steep decline. <laughs> quite a decline, yeah. So uh, it's also, according to Metacritic, it's critics' least favourite album of hers. So wow. I'll ask you, is it your least favourite album of hers? No, because I get bored by country music. So Fearless is my least favourite album of Taylor's. Yeah, I would say Fearless and the, um, the first one, whatever that was. I thought Fearless... Was oh, Speak Now. Speak Banjo Now. or something. Speak, speak Now. No, Speak Now was the third one. Was it? What the fuck? Speak Now is mine and... Was the first um, self-titled? The first was self-titled, yeah. I think. Okay. She's got those really creepily blue eyes on the cover. Yeah. Yeah, no, like okay. Quite piercing. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe, to be, I'm, this is, this is interesting actually, because I don't think I could name you a song off Taylor Swift. Love Story was on Fearless, wasn't it? Fearless? Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't name um, you a single song off the- Tim McGraw. Ah, very good from you. And that one that was like, our song is a son of a not a, we're clearly, not across that we're, one. We're clearly not country that one. Taylor fans. <laughs> but that's really interesting because I think for a lot of people, you know, you think about the biggest pop stars in the world, you probably know at least a couple of songs off every one of their albums because, you know, with these really core pop stars, a lot of the time, you know, the hard work is done behind the scenes and by the time they come out, they have a number one on their first ever album. So for the, the fact that we can't name it, you know, really name a notable hit off the first couple of albums for the biggest pop star in the world is really interesting. But yeah, back to your question, well, I would say Reputation, not my, not my least favourite, definitely not, but it's not my, obviously not my favourite either. It's kind of, it, it sits in the where middle. Where does it sit in the context of like, let's, let's go with the pop. Clearly we're not country um, Taylor experts, so let's yeah. go from red onwards. Okay. Oh, do you want a ranking? Are we thinking a ranking? system yeah i could give you a ranking i think okay do you want to go first give me your ranking from red to yeah, folklore i'm gonna go red number one okay i'm gonna go um oh, i'm gonna go 1989 number two i'm gonna go folklore three lover four and reputation five wow probably the same in saying that <laughs> all of them i love yeah even reputation. I know I've been um, quite critical so far, but I think after we play a little game, we might get into um, what we really do like about this record because there is lots of good stuff. Absolutely, lots to like. But first, we will do a game. Um, Sam, you're going to bring the first game to the podcast. What are we playing right now? So one of our um, dedicated listeners, Jono, who um, Hi, Jono. I talk to a lot about stuff like this, we have been arguing reputation versus lover for weeks um i'm team lover he's team reputation so on this game i've put um big songs from reputation up against big songs from lover wow we're gonna battle it out okay i mean yeah. i'm excited about this because yeah i think to me in terms of like songs i loved from both of those albums probably on par with each other and I love the songwriting on both of those these albums a lot. So this is going to be a difficult one, but I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. I, I mean, just quickly, I think both albums showed how bloody good she, she is oh. at a song, how good she is at writing songs, because even when I didn't agree with the subjects on this, and even there were moments on Lover that I was like, well, I'm, I can't get on board with this yep. like, field fairy kind of vibe. Um, and very. She, she just always comes through with the songwriting and Reputation I think was when Jack Antonoff and Taylor really started to fly as a duo um, but let's get into, into this so the first one is Delicate off Reputation mm -hmm. versus The Archer um, song 5 off Lock okay that's an easy one for me I remember The Archer dropping and just thinking like if this 
fucking album is going to be all of this. I'm not yeah. not here for it. Taylor is dead in my heart. Such a boring song. Um, yeah. De- delicate, without a doubt. And as you mentioned, like it was a pretty decent radio hit um, for w- yeah. where Taylor sat in the pop star ranks at the time. She wasn't, you know, the immediate add to radio kind of pop star at the time. There was a lot of consideration about her, but that was a radio smash in Australia, at least. And I think it translated to the US as well. I think it's really good songwriting, beautiful production as well. So um, absolutely team delicate over here. What about you? Yeah, from the minute I heard the album, um, I think it goes ready for it, obviously, like a really kind of overwhelming song. And then um, there's like Endgame and I did something bad and all these really aggressive moments. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to hate this album. <laughs> and then Delicate came on and I was like, hang on. Because I think Delicate um, is one of the songs that really cleverly addresses her reputation when she says this isn't this isn't for the best or something like that my reputation's never been worse and going from like having people consider you as at large and read the headlines and then meeting people and like thinking people aren't gonna like me yeah on a personal level because of what's going on in that like that is something really interesting that not few people have really tapped into so well and delicate does it brilliantly so i think delicate's one of her best song. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. I'm, so I'm going with The Archer. The... No, <laughs> I'm going with Delicate. The, you, you raise a really good point about those those first lyrics. Obviously, they come through that vocoder, no instrumentation around them. It's a cold start and it just goes, this ain't for the best. My reputation's never been worse, so you must like me for me. And that, yeah. that's a... You can't be so much good. more direct and clear than that. And Taylor is the queen of direct songwriting. Yeah. Absolutely. So the next one, um, which we've discussed... By the way, just before we press on, if there's anyone that would have chosen The Archer, please tweet at the interns underscore net and tell us, because I'd like to have some words. I've got some words. (laughs) (laughs) I've set aside some Zoom time to cancel. (laughs) There'll be an open link and Sam will just be sitting there ready to take your comments and concerns. Yeah, exactly. I'll take any of you. (laughs) What's the next one? Uh, look what you made me do. First single off Reputation versus You Need to Calm Down. Second single off Lover. Wow. That's a difficult one because I really like both of those songs a hell of a lot. And I've already made my case for Look What You Made Me Do. I think it was a really left left field song for Taylor to do production-wise. Her vocal delivery on it goes between this, like sassy almost spoken word kind of almost wrapped situation on the what I suppose you would call the hook it's kind of like an anti-chorus and then she goes to this almost you know she jumps into that falsetto on the on the pre-choruses and and just I love that song I think it's a really really great song and I will stand up for it until the cows come home um but you need to but you need to calm down is also very fucking good. So we've got a little conundrum here, Sam. I don't know what to choose. This is probably the hardest one I've yeah. ever had because I remember when You Need to Calm oh, Down. Wow. You Need to Calm Down came out. I was on the radio at the time. I played it twice in a row, which is against the radio rules um, because I was just like, this is just so fucking good. And it stood up. That uh, 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 chorus is just heaven. Um, shit. You know what? I'm going to have to go the underdog. I'm going to say, look what you made me do. Because when You Need to Calm Down came out, it wasn't a left field song to come from Taylor. It made sense. Yeah. It felt like it was It was amazing, but it made sense. And I like when Taylor throws curveballs. So I'm going to go look what you made me do and stand up for the little guy in this one. So I have a conundrum okay. on this one mm-hmm. for a different reason than you do. Yeah. Because I think... I mean, I've deleted me from my memory, but apart from that, I think Look What You Made Me Do and You Need to Calm Down at the two worst singles she's ever released. What? Um, I what? just... You Need to Calm Down is... I do need to calm down, but... A very grating song, hey. in my opinion. Um, I just... I, at that point, I was like, this album is going to be absolutely shocking. Me and You Need to Calm Down, I just felt were like this like big show and a circus that she didn't need on an album that has great songs. Cruel Summer should have been the first single, but 
we'll go into that at a yeah. later date. That's a whole other episode. Um, I do agree with you that Look What You Made Me Do was shocking. It was like a left turn. Like, I applaud her for being that out of the box with it. So I guess I have to go Look What You Made Me Do. Um, yeah, I'll go with Look What You Made Me Do. That was not what I was expecting you to go with. And I'm shocked that you don't like You Need to Calm Down. Well, I'll say that, I mean, I want to bring this up with you later. So remind me to bring up okay. Taylor Swift singles with you later. Yeah. Um, but I'm making a terrible, terrible argument for love of being better than reputation <laughs> right now. But it is. What's our next battle of songs? Uh, the next one is Ready For It. Ready for it. Versus The Man. Ooh. All right. Okay. Ready For It felt like a weaker kind of version of Look What You Made Me Do. It felt like Look What You Made Me Do light. It still went for that kind of hard, heavy production and a sassy kind of vocal delivery, but missed the mark for me. The man, however, excellent commentary on the patriarchy and the patriarchy of the music industry. Um, and magically produced. Love the video that it came with. Um, dis- to be honest, I felt like that was going to be a bit more of a, a hit, a hit single moment, but I felt like it got buried towards the latter part of the, of the record's yeah, release too. cycle. Um, yeah. You know what? Like, that could have been... I suppose lead single would have been too obvious for it, but it should have been... Like, it should have replaced You Need to Calm Down as second single, I reckon. Yeah. That would have been really strong. Yeah. But it, but it, well, it know, got buried. I agree with that. <laughs> Anything could have replaced I mean, even more of a statement if she came out with The Man as the first single on the album. Um, but, what, the, yeah, both of, these are, both of these are good, I think. I think just um, on The Man coming out as the, second, as, as the first single, it probably would have been really heavily panned by the critics because yeah. she was being kind of spoken about as as not being a feminist and um, yeah, being a, a bad true. feminist. And, obvious, yeah. yeah. And like lacking not her support for Hillary. Down, um, particularly well. No. No. <laughs> I'm glad that Me's not in this game so far. I just couldn't do it. Nah. I can't even talk about it. Nah. Not. Awful song. Bit of a miss. But yeah, The Man. What about you? Um, yeah, they're both really good. Uh, the thing about Ready For It is I don't really like the verses, but I think the the bridge is one of her best. Like, it's just so good. I remember and that's the bridge. Just like, like, in the middle of the night, oh, yes. my dream. That's like, that's when like Max Martin and her come together and make like absolute magic. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm drawn to the man just because I feel like I need to give Lover a point. <laughs> So, I'm going to go with the man just for that reason. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm happy to have you on my team. Moving on. The final one is Call It What You Want. Versus Lover. Off the album, Lover. Lover, the song, Lover in brackets song, has, is some of the best songwriting not only Taylor has ever done, but anyone has ever done. It is. If so... I had the Zane Lowe bomb, I would drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Zane slash Nicki Minaj, can we borrow your bomb, please? We need it. It is. Yeah, Nicki, no, Nicki Minaj would have done about eight yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. There's no fault in that song. It br- yeah. it spends that opening the the intro bringing you in you're immediately in a warm cozy lounge room with those first lyrics about leaving the christmas lights up till january you know you're going to have a homely experience with this track and then that fucking bridge that bridge it's it, oh this stupid thing it is the best song it's incredible yeah it's amazing yeah um I, I'm not even going to talk about Call It What You Want because that's that's how I feel. Okay, that's good because I have a lot to say about Call It What You okay, Want. Okay, tell me. I to say about Love Okay, it. interesting. I think Love I agree with you on Love It. It's, a, it's just a great song. And like <coughs> an example of what she can do when she just sticks to like really yeah. simple songwriting and just shows off. And I think Love Art is the song that turned it around for her, in my opinion. Like I think that's the one that changed it. That's the one that 
reminded people that she's a great songwriter and led her on her path to folklore. Um, in saying that, Call It What You Want is another one of my favourite Taylor songs by far. I love the, for the same reasons as Delicate, I love the opening line, um, my castle crumbled overnight, I brought a knife to a gunfight. I'm like, that is the kind of, that's what we wanted to hear about this situation. We didn't want this fake persona that pretended that she was going to turn up at Kanye's house and shoot him in the head. She was obviously very hurt by this situation. And I think the documentary showed as well, she had a really tough time dealing with the fact that she was no longer getting praise anymore. Um, which is like a complex in itself to deal with when you're somebody who's won Grammys for nearly every album you've done. Um, you've been the biggest pop star in the world and you've garnered great reviews and now suddenly public opinion's changing on you. I think that's where reputation was its most interesting. It's like, how do you not worry about that? And how do you start to rebuild yourself by focusing on what's going on in your private life? Yeah. And Call It What You Want does that so well. So I'm going with Call It What You Want for that reason. Bomb. Um, Still team lover, but <laughs> call it what you want. <laughs> we'll go with this for now. Um, interesting. Some interesting comparisons there. And, you know, I felt like we were going to, coming into reputation chat, I thought we were maybe going to be sh- a bit more shit canny about it, but it's definitely got its redeeming qualities without a doubt. It does, definitely. I think um, if I have to talk about, if I, if I have to talk about the worst moments on the album it's it's for the exact reason i've said that i just don't believe it like look what you made me do i did something bad um end game is an awful song but it's a real guilty pleasure of mine yeah (laughs) big reputation big (laughs) reputation Ooh, you and me (laughs) ah Ah. um, props for getting future and ed sheeran on the same song (laughs) no um i think those were the moments that were just a little bit like it just ruined the tone of the album. Whereas when you dig a little bit deeper and you've got stuff like New Year's Day, Call It What You Want, um, even Gorgeous and like um, Getaway Car, those were the ones that were the real winners of the album. And like that middle section of the album for me is like just full of just like brilliant songwriting. And I think it's where, I know Jack and her worked together on 1989, but I think this was when they really like joint forces and got to the point um, that they are now where they're just like one of the best songwriting duos in pop music and their work on Folklore and Lover is incredible. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but I, but Reputation started <clears throat> it all and I think when you remember that there's those moments on the album, it's really hard to, to pan Reputation. Absolutely. I think it's interesting looking at the comparison between Folklore and Reputation because we're saying that Folklore's being kind of, you know, got this incredible perception by the public, but... It doesn't currently have a radio hit. And I suppose if we're really talking about the public, not just the um, Twitter music criticism bubble, which a lot of folks who listen to this podcast are in, if we look at the real public, I would say a lot of people don't know Taylor has a new album out yet. I would say it probably got missed by a few people. that's interesting. Karen in Western Sydney doesn't know. I think it debuted at number one in Australia as well, Cardigan. It did. Um, which is impressive given she wasn't able to do that with me or look or you need to calm down. Yep. Yeah. No, that was so really impressive. Interesting that a song like that could rise above. I don't know if radio is gonna going to get behind it. It's obviously a very strange. I don't think there's one moment on that album that is an obvious contender for a radio yep. single. But I also think in a way that's what she wanted to do, and it's greater strength that she kind of has shed that that responsibility from her career, which is something that like Beyonce has been able to do as well. And a lot of the bigger artists, even Ariana Grande kind of, you could feel her stop caring about what singles she needed to release when she did. Thank you next. So yeah, I think that's the, that's the golden point of your career. And one we talk about so much on flop stars that the best stuff comes when you stop caring about that. Exactly. What just dropped in your um, recording space? Bianca just rudely dropped something. <laughs> However, it's her birthday this week, so, so we're going to let her off. Can... <laughs> I'm not going to yell. <laughs> oh, dear. Usually I would turn the microphone off and I would turn around and yell. But yeah. 
I've been privy to it. It's not very nice. You don't want to. You don't. You don't want to <laughs> yeah, hear absolutely. it. You don't want to hear it. Um, I want to talk about something with you. Okay. It's a little theory I have. Okay. Um, and one that I've realised more with folklore. So we've talked about how folklore obviously doesn't have an obvious single. All the songs were released at the same time. Um, the conversation has been around the album rather than one singular song, unless it's whether she's a lesbian or not. Thanks to Betty, before everyone realised Betty was. Not about her. Um, (laughs) Side note. (laughs) I think that since Red, maybe even Speak Now, Taylor Swift has not chosen the the right song as the first single ever. And I think it consistently puts the conversation around her albums off track. I think We Are Never Getting Back Together. Like, really funny, fun song, but one of Red's weaker moments. Um... I think Shake It Off obviously was huge, but also one of the most like novel songs off the album. Um, then we've already talked about Look What You Made Me Do and Me. I just think she always goes with the wrong song. Interesting. Interesting. I... You've stumped me because I partially agree and partially don't agree. Um, okay. Because Shake It Off and Look What You Made Me Do, in my humble opinion, and were the right choices, were the the ones that set up the album perfectly. Um, Shake It Off is the one I could argue the most for that it was the right choice. Yeah. I'll give you that. But on averages, I think you've got a very good point there. And... I think we we are never getting back together particularly as a strange choice. Yeah. Um, when there was a song like I Knew You Were Trouble ready to go as well because I think I Knew, I Knew You Were Trouble is so good. Yeah, yeah that would have been the obvious one to me. Um, yeah. I think your theory is very interesting there, but maybe... Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you. I think, I, I think you're right. Good. I think Case this theory closed. is correct. I've got no further comments. And I don't necessarily think it's always about the song not being good. I think it's just... Not being right. It, um, creates the wrong narrative around her albums all the time yeah. and sets people on a path that actually leads to a dead end. Yeah. Because Lover, for example, if you went off me, it sounded like it was going to be like a Broadway musical for kids. Yeah. Basically. Kids, Lover was not... Kids Bob, Lover was so, such a mature album in the mm, end exactly like, um we are never getting back together sounded like it was going to be quite a juvenile pop record but there's some of her best breakup songs on that album just so many things like that shake it off if i have to make an argument against it kind of okay. was almost a little bit daggy in the way that it brought a little bit too much into hip-hop culture in quite a quite an off way yep um whereas blank space if she went with that i think blank space is just like Great pop song, start to finish, 10 out of 10. Style as well. Is Blank Space too obvious, though? And too clean? Maybe. And And maybe this is why she does it. Exactly. Maybe it is not a shock value thing, but a... As I said earlier, curveballs are what she's very good at. And I think all of those tracks, including Shake It Off, because you're right, it does borrow from hip-hop culture a little bit, um, in the same way Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling for example, does. It, it is daggy. It's a daggy, you know, take on on great music. But I think you've got a very good point there. And I would I would yeah, agree, I would but agree then with I it. wonder does she does she do it for a reason? Does yeah. she do it to get people to talk? I, has she worked out that bad press is good press? I think she of? has. I think she but really then has. But the bad press crumbled her, so you just don't know. Maybe she's addicted to the drama. It's an interesting point to consider. And I just find it so interesting that... It, yeah, maybe she is. I find it's... it so interesting that Folklore has been taken so well when she hasn't released a single or hasn't made a singular statement. No. I think, like, Cardigan was the focus track, wasn't it? But, like, it's still not an obvious, you know, pop hit either and i think even when you are the biggest pop star on the planet you've still got it so I, even when you are releasing an album that's not necessarily an obvious commercial pop radio hit kind of album i think as the biggest pop yeah. star on the planet you've still got a bit of a duty to make one of those 
affect radio and affect the sound of radio. Yeah. Um, I, I think they should have had a song on it that changed the sound of radio and made it softer and warmer for a lot yeah. of the pop hits to come. And maybe we are too early in the piece and maybe there will be a radio hit off this album. Um, I think about something yeah. like The One, like... That's true. Maybe even the maybe last will... great American dynasty. Yeah, or something like that. exactly. Maybe yeah. there'll be something that does tap into the zeitgeist, and there'll be room for it on the radio, um, in amongst all the Post Malone songs at some point soon. <laughs> yeah, they make some space. Yes, exactly. Maybe Post Malone could jump on a remix of one of the songs. I like that. I like that idea. Would love to hear Post Malone on My Tears Ricochet. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it really shock people if this is the album that she does a full remix version of, yeah. where just every song has a rapper on it? <laughs> and Tiesto. Imagine Exile, Feet Bonover, and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> if, she, if anyone was going to do something that curveball you know it would be Taylor. And Absolutely her. And we would stan. We would love it. That will be interesting, There's actually. There's a lyric that she has on... Is it Mirabor, where she, no, it's This Is Me Trying, where she says, I was so ahead of the curve, the curve became a sphere. Then she says, like, fell behind all my peers. So I'm guessing if I wanted to, like, timestamp that lyric, I think that was happening around reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! That's what I think. That's Yeah, I don't buy into any of these Easter eggs. I don't understand anything when they're like, she mentioned Betty four years so, ago while she was on tour it's in exhausting. Oklahoma or something. It's exhausting. Like, um, remember when the Jesus. Me video came out and there was like an Easter egg in there for every oh. song on the album? I was like, I just I don't care. Just don't. I don't have the don't time. Don't have time. No. I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> too busy. <laughs> Look... <laughs> Now I feel tired. Let's go on to your game. Okay, so I've, I'm going to bring a game uh, similar to one we've played in the past. Um, a little game by the name of Taylor or Another Taylor. So the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to bring you a Taylor Swift song and then I'm going to bring you a song by another person with Taylor in their name. Could be a first name, a last name. The whole band could be called yeah. Taylor. We don't know. Um, are you excited about this? Can you think of some notable Taylors that I we am might excited bring? about that. Which Taylors do you think I might bring? I, I can't think of... I can't think of any. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. <laughs> uh, no Taylor Hawkins <laughs> songs or Foo Fighters songs. I know, this is a pop pop podcast, but I was a rock dog hey, when I was 14. Hey, alright, you know what? I'm going to swap one of them out. And we're going to do a Taylor versus Taylor right. about Taylor Hawkins. Right. Okay. I think we should do a flop stars on Foo Fighters. I've just got to figure out which album flopped. The rock. <laughs> no. Monkey wrench. We would, we would get absolutely nobody. We should not. Or we would open up a brand new MAGA hat wearing fan base. No, I don't think Foo Fighters fans exactly. are MAGA hat wearers. Don't worry. Okay. Well, you've given me the idea now, so let's do it. Taylor Swift's yeah. The Archer versus The Foo Fighters... Uh, uh, the Foo Fight. Let's go Best of You. The Foo Fighters Best of You with that giant... Uh, uh, at the end. Versus oh The Archer. God. Which do you prefer? Which is a better song? Well, I'd love to hear Taylor Swift cover Best of You, actually. Uh, um, so I'm going to go with Taylor Swift's non-existent cover of Best <laughs> of You. There we go. Best of You is a better song. Definitely. Yeah, it's a very, very good song. Very good song. It's a good song. Okay, well, that was good because the other per the person I was going to go with instead of the Foo Fighters was uh, Australian uh, X Factor winner circa 2013, Taylor Henderson. Um, did it, I don't even think he won. I think he did. Let me look. Who cares? No, I'm not going to look. This is why we end up doing yeah, an hour and a half episodes because I Google Taylor Henderson. <laughs> okay. okay, one point to Taylor Very interesting um, Next, I'm going to go A heavy contender for Taylor Versus a really, really good song By another Taylor I'm going to go Shake okay. It Off Taylor Swift yeah. Versus Tiana Taylor's Work That Pussy WTP oh. 
This is a combination I've been looking forward to doing. Are we going to go... A little bit controversial given that um, Mickey Blanco was not paid for work that pussy, but he has been now. Oh, good. I'm glad so, that the royalties were amended. That's good. Sorry, I keep getting a phone yeah. call and declining it. Tayana Taylor or the other Taylor? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you could not be more different. You know, I think t- um, if the song had... Uh, if WTP hadn't come out, after Shake It Off, maybe it would have would have um, inspired Taylor's little middle act. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Probably. Until someone told her the cultural appropriation was bad. Possible. Oh, gosh. I, I mean, Shake It Off. I'll go with Shake Re- It Off. Okay. Okay. And both are great, but they're just in such different worlds. And I think because this is like a pop, pop podcast where we live and die by catchy hooks we've got to go for shake it yep off. that's a very good point okay that's fair yeah. um i wasn't going to do it but i'm going to do it taylor henderson australian x-factor possible winner possible runner-up borrow my heart was his big lead single in 2013-14 ish beautiful songwriting by alex hope um the amazing writer who's just worked on the okay. new alanis morissette record um versus taylor and because you didn't say that this one was your favourite out of it and call it what you want, Taylor Swift Lover versus Taylor Henderson's Borrow My Heart. Both are acoustic-y kind of ballads. What's your favourite? Well, well, I mean, it's a competition between a song I quite like and a song I haven't heard. You definitely heard Borrow My Heart. Do, do you want some... Have I? Do you, want to, do you want to have a quick Google? Do you want to have a quick look? Have a quick look. Yeah, and we can, can have tro- a listen. Yeah. Yeah, have a listen. Don't don't stress. Well, I still don't think I'm going to choose it. I think you will. Listen. I think you'll hear it and you'll instantly go, wow, this is the song I've been searching for my entire life. Here we go. Nah, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. It's lover, isn't it? You're going to go lover, aren't you? You were also starting to make acoustic air guitar movements, yeah. which didn't help you, at all. You know what? You know what the difference is between the acoustic air guitar and the electric air guitar. You hold your arms like wide and low for the electric air guitar, but the acoustic air guitar, yeah. you almost hold it like a, a fake ukulele, and you hold it close to your heart and <laughs> and have your arms kind of in like T Rex arms. That's how you do acoustic. I think very. Very physical um, <laughs> tutorials is very good for a For podcast. an audible podcast, exactly. That's why I should t- tried to use words. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, final one in this battle um, yeah. is going to be Taylor Swift, Style, from 1989. Yeah. My favourite wow. record on Style. Yeah. Top five Taylor songs of all time, if not top three. Not top one. Um, versus no, because me featuring Brendan Urie is top, is top one. You fuck yes. off. <laughs> versus the '90s smash Taylor Danes. I'll be your shelter. I don't think I know. Yes, that. you do. You do. Like, can I listen again? Yeah, okay. You can have a listen. I think this is teaching me that Taylor is not, not a, the most. No. I know. Tell it to my heart. Well, that's not the one I want to hear. Okay. Your thoughts on? Alright, hang on. Oh, she looks good. Na na na. It's actually a very good matchup for style. Yeah. Except for the vocal. Alright, I need the chorus. Yes. Yeah. Wait, it's coming. It's coming. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I do know it. Yes, I yeah. do know it. And then it does that amazing bit However, where it goes na 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 smash. Look, I might have to go back and, and spend some time some time with Taylor Henderson's "Borrow My Heart" and Taylor Dane's "I'll Be Your Shelter." Yeah. Um, and then maybe I can make some edits to the podcast. But at this point, style is also one of my favourites, so I have to go with style. I thought you were going to do that. But I appreciate the time you put into that. Sam, my absolute pleasure. And look, I'm really proud of <laughs> the game I pulled together with um, the most notable Taylors in music. Would you b- believe it or not, Taylor's not a very popular name in music. 
It's not at all. No, I can't think of anything. Isn't there a tailor in um, Paramore? Yeah, and is there a tailor in Hanson? There is a tailor in Hanson. Is there? Yeah, there is a tailor in Paramore. There's a tailor in Paramore and a tailor in Hanson. Far out. I should have dug deeper. I didn't even think... You... I needed to... You are pulling out X Factor, maybe winners. I know. Oh... Anyway, that was a fun game. Let us know if anyone um, thinks that we should have uh, justice for um, justice for borrow my heart. Uh, Please tweet at the interns underscore net. (laughs) Henderson Hive. Would you like to see an entire episode on Taylor Dane? Yes, that's you're asking asking me, please. Yes, no, it's question to our loyal listener base. Sorry, audience. Um, I want to know from you. In my opinion. Lover turned it around for Taylor. I think once the album came out and people listened to it, there's just some, like, Cornelia Street, um, Cruel Summer, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Daylight, so many of her best moments. And I think that it reminded people that she's a great songwriter first and foremost, um, which I think is something that completely got overlooked with Reputation. What do you think she did right on Lover? that she didn't do right on Reputation. She took some time, first and foremost. Yeah. She took some time, toured a bit, met people, had more experiences, realised that celebrity drama isn't real life and no one really connects with it and cares and people do connect with relatable stories of love and loss and self-love and comments on the patriarchy and leaning into that and doing what she does yeah. best which is relatable kind of fun but also kind of deep pop songs about life love loss and other l words um is exactly what she is best at and what lover did so exceptionally well that reputation fell down on um, she got too oversaturation probably clouded her judgment of what people care about. And a, yeah. as someone who is a businesswoman, one of the best businesswomen in the pop industry, um, you only have to look at, yeah. at the bundles that came with folklore to understand yeah. <laughs> to understand how good she is at this. That's how you get those first week sales. Exactly. Cha-ching. And you know, she she probably had her judgment clouded as to what people gave a shit about. And if she didn't have her clouded judgment, she probably, I think reputation would have sounded very different because she does care about what her fans want to hear from her and what subject matter they want to hear. So I think, yeah, lover was just a little bit more in touch with what the world actually cares about. And for a major pop star, that's an important thing. I also think she was being crippled by what, what she thought she should be and what she actually wanted to be because it's a very interesting tactic to not do interviews and not speak outside of the music at a time when um, the president of the United States was, I think it was Donald Trump by reputation, yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. If not, it was... It was reputation was 17, works. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Trump, Trump yeah. was president. In fact, Trump had been president for pretty much exactly a year because it came out on November 10. So the lives of of, um, minority... The equality of minorities was at more threat than ever. Um, We still didn't know what Taylor's political opinions were. Um, There was a lot of of rumours going around that she was a Republican. Um, She had also never really come out publicly... Um, to root for the queer community. And then at that time when the conversation's louder, she decided to shut down. And in that way, it it made it look like she cared more about what her public perception was and what her reputation was more than these issues, which I think that Love approved very loudly that that's not true. Yeah. Um, But a very difficult position to be in. And certainly not the right decision to choose that time not to speak. I mean, when Beyonce decides not to speak for an album, it's because it really is all in the music. We're 
very clear on what um, Beyonce's political alliances are and what her thoughts on um, most issues that are facing particularly the black community. But I just think to shut down at that point was a very bad decision. And Lover proved that you're better when you just go with your gut feeling. And if you lose some fans, fine. But, I mean, she's still doing nearly 900,000 records. I think 2 million worldwide for folklore over the past week. So Which felt like a soft release a album. People are, exactly, yeah. Turns out there are um, more pro-gay fans for Taylor than anti-gay. <laughs> You're exactly right. She's got an interesting... I think the the recovery of her reputation between reputation and now has been remarkable. And she is still yeah. the, the darling of middle America, but she is also, yeah. you know, revered critically and revered in yeah. pop superfan world. And the gays love her. And yeah, yeah it's... Tick. Yeah, she's ticking a lot of boxes at the moment. She's even got gays loving a folk album. We love to see it. No, actually, we hate to see it, but... (laughs) (laughs) When this this pandemic's over, gay clubs are just going to have, like, hay on the floor and it's going to be, like, (laughs) banjo performers. It'll be like, we don't know Chromatica here. (laughs) Stone... Exactly. We all thought when Stonewall in Sydney reopens that it was just going to be Chromatica Club every night but yeah you're right bales of bales of hay and the peak song of the night is going to be bb rexer in florida georgia line i'm meant to be it's the midnight (laughs) song of the new year absolutely baby and baby this year was meant to be (laughs) it was a cultural reset for all the right reasons (laughs) All right, I want to push on. Yep, cool. Um, because as per usual, we're approaching the hour mark. Right. Very good. It's got like five minutes. Uh, so I want to play a game with you. Taylor's reputation or fake news. So I've got a bunch of headlines and I want you to tell me if I've made them up or if they were real headlines about Taylor Swift. Okay. All right, Interesting. You ready? No, but we'll do it anyway. First one, Taylor Swift lets her cats choose the first single off her albums. <laughs> what are they called? Meredith and Peaches oh, or Billy, something? I don't know. B- were you about to say Billy Elliot? <laughs> I think given that she's appeared in um, the musical Cats, she's now foregone her right to speak about cats in any public forum. I couldn't agree more. However... Yeah. Rebel Wilson is now allowed to talk about cats whenever she wants. Exactly, yeah. They were called <laughs> Meredith, Meredith Grey from yeah. um, Thingo, Grey's. Olivia Benson, yeah. and Benjamin. And she yeah, is. Because Benjamin's the one that was in me. That's right, yes. And she's yeah. applied for a trademark for all of them. You'll be pleased to know. Excellent. Um, Fantastic. Once again, always a businesswoman. Um, I'm going to say yes. She allows them to choose the single by placing um, multiple bowls in front of the cats and under each bowl is a song title and she lets the cats... She'll she'll leave the... the, So say you've got one bowl and under it is just a thing that says me (laughs) and then another bowl and under it says you need to calm down and then another bowl has something else and then she whichever one they go and eat from first that's the single and obviously they went to the bowl that said me on it i mean her singles have been so chaotic that it may as well be true yeah no that's false i made that oh sorry i thought that was real so wait the fake news isn't just actual fake news from the internet the fake news is shit you're making up is that right yeah so so the headline could still be a rumour, but it's still a real headline. Okay. Okay. Got you. you get I, I mean? do get what you mean now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Taylor Swift is a clone of famous Satanist Zena LaVey. <laughs> that sounds like a very valid conspiracy theory that someone would have put onto a, um, a, a, a canon forum or... 
these are all real. These are from all from news from sites. news so sites. They're not. I'm glad I'm under. I'm glad I'm starting to understand the parameters of the game at the second question. This is good. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to explain anything. No, and you probably really shouldn't. Ne- you probably shouldn't <laughs> need to. It's just my inability to comprehend <laughs> English. I'm gonna say that is an actual headline that's appeared somewhere, like um, like the Sun in the UK or something. Is it real? Is it a reputation? You're right. Yes. That was a real headline. That's yeah. a reputation. All right. The next one is Lena Dunham says Calvin Harris is her least favorite of Taylor Swift's boyfriends. <laughs> Lena Dunham. Um, no. Lena Dunham wouldn't like Harry Styles. So I'm going to say that's fake news. That is correct. No, you're not correct. Ah, the headline is correct. Bury the lead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for the false... Sorry for the Sarah Murdoch moment. The- <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so oh my sick. Gosh. Oh, I feel sick. Oh my god, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Lena Dunham allegedly did say that. Wow. Okay, the next one is also around Calvin Harris. Taylor Swift sent Calvin Harris a miniature bridge with a note reading, Get over it. <laughs> as much as I would have loved that to happen, Taylor's not that savage, so I'm going, that's fake news. <laughs> That is I knew it because that's the kind of shit that comes into your head. <laughs> that's your creative okay, brain the working final one is The final one is drug, drugs trafficked in copies of Taylor Swift's reputation CD. <laughs> They'll use anything these days. This is almost as good as when they smuggled heroin in um, bottles of um, sriracha sauce into Australia about a year ago. Um, I'm going to go with, yes, I'm going to go with... Very educated on this subject. I watch, like, there's a new drug documentary on Netflix, like, every two weeks. And do you, oh, there is. And they love You it. best believe I watch every one of those episodes about how they cultivate it. I'm obsessed. And definitely sounds like people would sneak that in because... And here's why. Because a lot of copies of that album would have been made. So if a few went missing... And a few were, you know, kind of flogged off to um, the cartels to hide drugs in. I wouldn't be shocked. So I'm going to go reputation. See, my theory is the label was trying to like, make her image a little more edgy. I like so that. they thought this would be a great way to do it. Yep. Um, however, that's in my head because I made it up. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I thought that would have been Bum-ba-ha. real. Because yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Well, and it would have worked in the label's favour because, say, like the cartels, like go in and and they need like something to smuggle it in. The label goes, "Hey, we'll give you a hundred thousand copies if you pay for them. We'll give you a hundred thousand copies, yeah. and that boosts her first week sales." Yeah, labels. That's a great Give us idea. a call. We've got ideas. We should let them know. Yeah, I was going to say we should let Scooter Braun know, but no, that's not Scooter. Scooter. Scooter Braun. Well, they could do that with her old albums. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're coming to a, a beautiful end. Um, but I feel like we should end on... I, th- I feel like we usually like to end on a positive note, but we've been quite positive. Yep. Um, what's, our, what's your favourite song on Reputation? Oh, Jesus. Let me just get the whole track listing up so I don't accidentally say something that's not my favourite. Um, Your favourite song of Reputation is Bad Blood. <laughs> you know what? I actually had to double check in my head that Bad Blood wasn't on <laughs> Reputation because it would fit it, right? It sounds like a I lot of the songs on it. I call you a pop music expert in the intro. <laughs> hey, of this podcast. I'm a pop music expert when I've got track listings in front of me. Copy paste that okay. shit and put it in the intro. <laughs> I, I will this week. Um, I'm going to say Delicate stands up. Is definitely up there, but... Yeah, same. It's up there, but I still look back at this and I think, what ties this whole thing together? What is the most daring, edgy song on the album? Do not say it. Look What You Made Me Do is the best song on Reputation, Sam Murphy. Okay. What about for you? Well, this is... That's actually false. You got that wrong. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I didn't realize this was was an objective game. (laughs) My apologies. I didn't understand. Um, The answer is, look what you made me do. um, Well, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, delicate I love. Mm-hmm. Um, call it what you want, I love. Yeah. And getaway car. Yeah, getaway cars up there. there. Right, for con for context to our listeners, we're going very quickly because my AirPods have run out of battery. Um and we don't know how to fix it. So Professional podcast. We're going to bring this episode to a swift close at an hour and five minutes. Call us for cartel-related marketing ideas and tech advice. That's what we're here for. Oh, no. Yeah. Have I gone again? No, no, you're here. You're here. <laughs> God. Okay. A very professional podcast, once again. Polished. Polished. But yeah, I didn't get... Hopefully this doesn't do anything to our reputation. I didn't get your actual favourite reputation. Uh, getaway car. Getaway car is my favourite. Okay, got you. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> Done. We should do every podcast with this kind of immediacy. Yeah. Maybe that's a fun little game we can play. Because I we record this podcast my morning, your evening. Maybe you should use yeah. your AirPods. Oh, that's my psychologist calling. Maybe you should um, leave your Air <laughs> leave your AirPods in all day and and run them down to twenty percent. And I'll leave mine in all night before I get up in the morning. Yeah. And then they've got no battery left. And then we just have to get it all done before zero percent. Anyway, reputation not yeah. as bad as we remember it, which seems to be a, th- a running theme with flop stars. Taylor, one of the greatest yeah. songwriters of all time, one of the best pop stars on the planet obsessed with having new yeah. music out from her those are my closing arguments yeah i agree with all of that um fantastic stream betty on stream, iTunes. stream betty on, stream. on itunes um follow us on spotify if you're there um subscribe and review us on apple Podcasts, and we'll read it out one day i'll actually read the reviews before the podcast so i don't just say that um and yeah. have a lovely week um and Get ready for more flop stars in either a week you or two. You have a lo- lovely week too. Yeah, Nick. you too. Big reputation. Big reputation. Ooh. <laughs> ah. ah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Big reputation.